Welcome to the 72nd QuackCast. Like the 71st, I'm recording this outside on a beautiful summer day in Oregon. So you may hear extraneous sounds. Not going to change that. It's too nice to go inside to record. This one is called Train Therapy. Summertime, and the living is busy. Finally, we have sun in the Northwest. While the rest of the country has been melting in heat, this year we have rarely cracked 85. Global warming has avoided Oregon this year, and I will need some green tomato recipes. Good weather, work is busy, and it is the last two weeks before my son is off to Syracuse, so there's little time for writing. So this is going to be a brief podcast. I always wince at the way anything can be called a therapy. We have music therapy and garden therapy and pet therapy and art therapy. I do not deny that there is a benefit for people to participate in these activities, especially while in the hospital, although I am never happy to see disease vectors, I mean animals in the hospital. Dinner should be food therapy, reading should be book therapy, and using the internet should be porn, I mean computer therapy. I guess it's like calling something medical grade and you can bill more for it. Some therapies are a wee bit more odd. Indonesians are using railroad therapy. People lie down on electric railroad tracks because, quote, the electricity current from the track could cure various diseases, end quote. To date, no one has been either electrocuted or squashed, but I suppose it is only a matter of time. So why train tracks? Why not a tongue in the light socket or some other source of electricity? I had a patient as a resident who, on the psych unit, loved to stick her tongue in the light sockets. Sort of her own version, I suppose, of electroconvulsive therapy, although it didn't work. Evidently, rumor has it that an ethnic Chinese man who was partially paralyzed by a stroke went onto the tracks to kill himself, but instead found himself cured, end quote. Sounds good to me. It seems as likely as Palmer cracking a neck leading to a cure in deafness as a basis for a therapeutic intervention. And so others are using train therapy for their hypertension and diabetes and strokes and other medical problems. Train therapy is evidently a panacea for a variety of diseases and used by those with no other medical options. Like all alternative therapies, it is effective against numerous diseases regardless of the underlying pathophysiology. If only antibiotics could cure hypertension and diabetes and stroke in addition to killing bacteria, I'd be able to cure everybody. Does train therapy work? Mm, The patients say it does, despite those know-it-all skeptical doctors who point to a lack of evidence. And who would gainsay a patient's response to the therapy? If a patient says they are better, are they not? Quote, Medical experts say there is no evidence lying on the rails does any good. But patients insist it provides more relief for symptoms, high blood pressure, sleeplessness, and high cholesterol than any doctor since she was first diagnosed with diabetes 13 years ago, end quote. I was worried that they would forget to tell both sides of the story. And just who, by the way, is an expert on the medical effects of lying on electric train lines? Did you get board certified in that? 
They go on to note, quote, pseudo-medical treatments are wildly popular in parts of Asia, where rumors about those miraculously cured after a touching a magic stone or eating dung from sacred cows can attract hundreds, sometimes thousands, end quote. It would be so easy to be all snotty and superior about those Indonesians and their use of train therapy, but really, is it any different than the West? They eat dung from sacred cows. We have the bullshit from the NCCAM. We have Reiki and homeopathy and Tong Ren, which is doing acupuncture on dolls to heal you, and all the other therapies that are the subject of this blog, all of which are as nonsensical as lying on train tracks. And they are in medical school teaching programs. I see little difference between the use of train healing and much of the published literature in the scam world. A series of uncontrolled interventions with soft endpoints with no biologic plausibility. Indonesians have the same rationale for the use of train therapy. Anecdotes. Every homeopathy apologist mentioned that there are millions who have used homeopathy with good effect. They can't be wrong, and neither can the hundreds who are using train therapy. I suppose we could say the Indonesians are doing a pragmatic real-world trial. Who really needs the old randomized, placebo-controlled nonsense? Lie on a train track and you feel better? Enough said. Are the patients who believe they are getting better experience a placebo effect? Is this an example, like discussed last week, where patient-centered outcomes are more important than doctor-centered outcomes? Would the New England Journal editorialists approve? Maybe we should use train therapy for the treatment of asthma. Like the editorial stated in the New England Journal of Medicine, conductors and engineers are like doctors. They, quote, often dress up in special uniforms that convey power and authority, and they have very expensive machines, end quote. And it is probably a lot less expensive than using sham acupuncture in sham albuterol. Train therapy fits the criteria noted in the recent Newman Journal of Medicine editorial. As they say, it should be sufficient to simply show that a treatment yields significant improvement for the patients, has reasonable costs, and has no negative effects over the short or long term. This is, after all, the first tenet of medicine, do no harm, end quote. Those who use the train tracks say they are improved. It's free, as long as they get up in time. It should have no negative effects. I would, however, avoid the bullet train tracks, just to be safe. I expect train therapy to become incorporated in the integrative medicine programs at Harvard or other hospitals, especially those that are accessed by light rail. There was a time I was inclined to think that people who participated in scams were either stupid or ignorant. I have long ago abandoned that idea. Some people, as evidenced by the comments in the Science-Based Medicine blog, are evidently deranged, but not most. And I have realized that while most scams are stupid, the people who use them are not. It seems to be a universal human characteristic to participate in nonsense of one kind or another, but the nonsense varies by culture and opportunity. We detox our colons and avoid vaccines. They eat dung and lie on train tracks. All are human. Most biologic characteristics have variability. 
height, strength, intelligence, all vary about the infamous bell-shaped curve. I have also wondered about more intangible characteristics, the ability to think rationally or to have empathy or a sense of humor. Like jumping or math, some people seem to be better at those tasks than others. It does not, I hasten to add, make them better people except for the given task at hand. I wonder if uber-rational the skeptics or mutants given what appears to be the relative rarity of rational and scientific thought. And to judge from the vitriolic responses towards the scientific and rationally inclined, the rational must be mutants as they appeared to be feared and hated by those they are sworn to protect. I don't know. That's all idle speculation, probably caused by vitamin D deficiency. I'm going to go lie in the sun, not on the light rail lines. I know that will make me feel better, although I doubt it will cure any illnesses. Ah, that was a quick quack cast, wasn't it? Under 10 minutes for such a usual verbose bastard like myself. So with that time saved, why not go onto iTunes and write me a review? Why not go to my website and download all the other products from the growing Mark Chrislop multimedia empire? Because the world needs more Mark Chrislop. And hey, if you want, you can even send me money. Hmm, what a concept. Help support the bandwidth of this podcast so I don't pay out of pocket, which I do, but what the hell. Otherwise, see you next time for a QuackCast number 73 as we finish off number 72.